What's up, Nana Nation and lovers of the Nod for 30 podcast? Oh, sorry if I just blew your eardrums with that. I'm still getting the volume right on these microphones in studio, but man, oh man, I'm so happy. Uh, studio is looking crisp. The, the furniture's in, the trim is yen, kind of. Uh, the decor is not really there yet, but it will get there. I ain't going anywhere, baby. Um, hey, so this is episode 150. Uh, it marks uh, probably the last one of 2019. Uh, you guys might have noticed I dropped two pods on the same day. I'm a little bit of a baller like that, you know. <clears throat> Joe Rogan learned it from me. Anyways, uh... There's an episode of self-therapy, the last one for 2019. There is absolutely no New Year's resolution or anything on there. Uh, the story is um, of a cannabis virgin uh, trying an edible for the first time and the story that follows. Uh, I'm sorry, because, you know, I feel like I ended this story abruptly. If you've already heard it or if you haven't heard it, check it out. Um, so there may or may not be a part two to that. I don't know yet because I don't, I don't know exactly if... I did a good enough job summing up the story, um, so please let me know if that's the case. Uh, with that being said, this is episode 150, Hoot Hoot for the Holidays. Uh, this is coming out the week of Christmas 2019, and uh, I hope you get to enjoy it. I hope the holidays is going to be great for you. I hope all those great things uh, will come to you in the year ahead um, as well. The holidays are a great time to spend time with your family, so once you're done listening to this podcast, please spend some quality time with your family. They love you, you know. Um, I'm joined via technology from the Midnight Owl himself, Tim Carr, who, oddly enough, will have season two debuting probably the first podcast of 2020 uh, will be from the Owl. So, uh, with that being said, this will surely wet your palate. Um, Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. I hope you enjoy. This is the Not After 30 Podcast. A podcast about reminiscing about your 20s while surviving your 30s. Now, it's time for the show. What's up, Nana Nation and lovers of the Not After 30 Podcast? I am back with... Tim Carr, the host of the Midnight Owl, via technology. Tim, say what's up. What's up? Oh, I thought you were gonna go hoot hoot. Hoot hoot. Hoot hoot. Yeah, I'm still working on my hoots. I gotta figure out the right way. Chalupa was suggesting I might uh, even be able to get an owl sound effect, but uh, oh yeah, there's gotta be one out there. Yeah, you know we're in season two. It's time to grow a little bit. Yeah, I like that. Um, what what is your fan like? What is your uh, do you have any fandom or Anything with professional wrestling? Because there's a tie-in here. Okay, yes. Uh, no, I've never really watched wrestling. Uh, but I did want to hear about that charity event. I've got 40 bucks. Could I e-transfer oh, yes. that to you on Friday? I will do one. I'll do you one better. I will set you up with the direct email. Um, Perfect. I, I'll read it out in case anybody wants. Oh, sorry about oh, that. I think I in lost case it. No, no, that's me. My my fat fingers hit the mute button. Um, I will read out the email right now, and then if anybody who also wants to donate to that uh, toy drive, you can do directly to that. 
Um, if you give me one second, I'm just going to find it. Here we are. And the email is uh, Brendan E. Calderfield at hotmail.com. Uh, B-R-E-N-D-O-N-E underscore C-A-U-L-F-I-E-L-D at hotmail.com. I will also put that in the uh, show notes. Or if anybody's curious, just reach out to me and After 30 Podcast. Fantastic. When's the closing uh, date for that? So they're looking to have everything done by the uh, by December 15th, uh, which doesn't leave a lot of time, but we're going to get everything sorted out for Brad Myers and uh, uh, Brayden Allwright, which is his ring name. Okay, so thank you for donating. I appreciate the podcast, appreciates that, and I'm sure the kids where these toys will go to will appreciate that as well. Let's make a happy, happy Christmas out there, Nana Nation. Yes, please. I mean, I, it's, it's just about the little things, right? It's just about the little things. Uh, okay, so just to go back, so you never really got into it or anything like that. That's fine. The tie-in I want to I wanna, um, alert you to in, uh, in Kearney slash Wrestling Speak, um, they have a couple of like words that they have uh, that signify other things. Of course, you know Hulk Hogan and his favorite word, brother, and everyone is his brother. But... Um, Another word for brother or uh, or coworker or anything like that is hoot. So they'll they'll talk to each other like, oh, I saw this hoot over here at this show, and this hoot over here works really well. So it, it's actually it, it's 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 kind of like um I guess a word of endearment for within the the brotherhood that is professional wrestling. That's so awesome. there there was. Yeah, so that's just like a, I guess another level to the hoot. So even when even you're calling out hoot hoot, but you're also saying like brother brother, like you know alerting alerting the other owls out there that what what's going on. I like that. You know what? Yeah. One time when I uh, find my way up there, we should go out to see a match. Hey man, I I'm always down. You just let me know, and I'll see if I can make it work. But um, I would love that. I I brought Aaron Chalupa um, a couple years ago when he when he came down. I brought him to a smash show. And we actually, I think it was, it was probably three years ago, I guess, because I think it might have been before my oldest was born. Um, I can't really remember the timeline exactly, but I, I brought Aaron. I'll bring anybody who wants to go because it is a it is a really fun time. Dave always always gets into it with uh, with one of the guys there, so it's always a lot of fun. But you're on challenge accepted, my man. Awesome. I also I want to check out some of the uh, the stuff that you and Myers was talking about uh, on the show for the online uh, wrestling, like some of the independent, I guess, kind of sounding networks that they have out there. There was uh, some YouTube channels and stuff. You said you could check oh, out yeah. to see some of the matches. Yeah, that's yeah. So there is um, a lot of these smaller independents. They're they're getting a little bit of money and they're building like these production costs. And as you know, being uh, a podcaster, you don't need a lot. I mean, really, you, you could film and you could record right on your phone. Um, and if you want to take up the next level, you, you can buy some pretty decent entry-level equipment, which is what most of these people do. And you only need, like, one or two crazy people who can edit and do graphics and that. And you can actually broadcast this stuff. So the, the, uh, the I hate to call it the federation, but the league that we follow or the, the promotion we follow it's called Smash Wrestling, and Smash is based out of Toronto, but they kind of do all over the GTA. They're doing London, I think, this weekend or next weekend, and um, uh, they have a great YouTube channel. And there's like there's a whole bunch of other ones, XWX, 
sorry, WXW out of Germany is a big one. Uh, Progress out of the UK is a huge, small independent. But I mean, you, you think of like dollars into pockets. Like when you go to a WWE show and you pay your 50 or $70 to go to the show, that money, you don't know where that money goes. Like, you know, it, it probably goes somewhere and to somebody and it gets filtered through the system. But when you pay your 20 or 30 or maybe even 40 bucks for these independent shows, you know exactly that that money's going to pay that guy in the ring for sure. It's going to pay for that guy who's behind the soundboard. Like, you know, you see the faces where that money goes. And I think that's pretty awesome. I mean, that's your mom and pop version of whatever's going on. Well, that's amazing, too. Like, I, I don't have, you know, what is it, 80 bucks to do the pay-per-view? I don't even have satellite. But, like, if I can tune in on YouTube or, like, find the Smash website, like, why not check out a couple? Like, the, are there any good villains or heroes in this? Like, is there a decent story happening? Or is it, like, you know, just I'm, get in and smash? <laughs> I'm glad you asked that. One of the things that I think Dave and I really enjoy about the Smash product is that, uh, I mean, it's been around, I think, six years now, and we've been following for probably just under six years. And one of the one of the things is they've always had really good storytelling, really um, good payoffs, like, you know, the climax of the story. Um, and it's always made a lot of sense. And so I, I've always been very happy as a Smash fan because of that. Um, but... To, so- are you a hero guy or a villain guy? Like, who do you go there Ooh. wanting to see win? I love hating the villain. So if that defaults me into a happy guy or a, a good guy, then that's what... But it's not so much liking the hero and disliking the villain. It's like hating the villain. I, I love booing the villain. I love just, you know, I love calling out, you know, calling out to him or whatever. And just knowing that there's me and maybe maybe 200 other people here so there's a good chance he's gonna be able to hear me. So <laughs> some people are so good at playing the heel and like to just eat yes. it up, eh? Get the whole crowd yeah. into just hating them. There is um, Viceland did this incredible documentary on. Do you know who Jim Cornette is by any chance? I don't think so. Okay, so Jim Cornette, he's been a promoter, uh, TV uh, announcer. He's done everything, but one of the things he's most um, revered at as is uh, an actual wrestling, pro wrestling historian. And he's got like the largest collection outside of, let's say, the WWE. Um, he's got the largest collection of wrestling histo- hi- historic memorabilia, okay. uh, including this book. And I, I can't remember what the book's called. It's something along the lines of hand-to-hand. And it's just a small little published book that was published in the 30s. And it talks about how to how to speak in the secret wrestling code because you have to remember it wasn't until the 80s that people kind of started to clue in that it wasn't real before that it, it just felt real and um so there, there'd be stuff like the good guys wouldn't travel with the bad guys they wouldn't even talk like you would never see them in public together now you know now with instagram you see them always hanging out and and working out together and all that stuff but uh, back in the, that time, they didn't have that. So this book kind of wrote the rules, uh, gave the terminology. If you sent a t- if you sent a telegram, so you wouldn't tip off the people who were working with the telegrams, you would say something like the 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 term face and heel, good guy, bad guy. That all came from this book. The term heel, 
um, like that that also that stuff all came from the book. So it it gave you uh, it say something like, um, the play should run fifteen minutes with the heel over the face, and you're like, if you're reading this, you're like, this is definitely supposed to be some erotic fiction, but it's not. Yeah. Um, but it all meant something. So it, so it's, it's kind of cool. He, anyways, Viceland does this incredible uh, documentary on Jim Cornette and his crazy collection. And he talks about this this book. And there's there's only known to be two or three copies of this book in existence. And he has one of them. It's like a code book from World War II. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's exa- exactly what it is. Yeah. So, and, and like I said, like, it wasn't until the 80s where... People are like, okay, you know, this doesn't look, it doesn't, this doesn't look like a leg drop isn't going to knock me out for four seconds or whatever it is. So, how amazing anyways. would it be for uh, not after 30 to grow enough? We could have our own wrestler in <laughs> Smash. Oh my. Just show yeah. up, get in the corner. You, yeah, you're just like the corner man for him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no in the go. 90s, <laughs> it they're they're used yeah exactly they're the, in uh in the 90s there was a there was a a faction called the nation of domination but what we could it really be is just like the nana nation of discrimination or something like that like we can we can definitely have something like that i love it i remember back yeah. in the day there was i think it was a place probably one of the rinks I used to go to, my older brother was playing hockey. You know, I was too young to be left alone, so I'd have to go to the rink. And uh, they had a WWF arcade machine. And that was like mm. my first real exposure to wrestling. I like, I, wow. I think Sergeant Slaughter was on it. Like it was that old. Yep. Oh my God. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That's Eight definitely so many 80s. quarters. Yeah. It, was it the Royal Rumble one or was it like there was a couple there's a couple of the a couple of the actually the uh, more iconic wrestling games those arcade games actually fetch a bunch of money in auction these days if I remember because correctly it, it had four joysticks and two buttons per joystick uh, it was a that, that sounds like every arcade that's a, sounds like every <laughs> arcade game <laughs> yeah pretty much hold on and there was a screen there's oh. a joystick two buttons and a screen. Now that you mention it, I think so. Oh, yeah. Definitely sounds like every single arcade game ever made. It was right beside the Terminator 2 Judgment Day one, which was fucking amazing Ooh. as well. Had the guns. What was that, like 92? I probably, that movie, I think, came out in 92? Maybe 94? Yeah. I would have probably yeah. been about 10, so those things would have been ancient by the time I even got at them. Yeah. The amount, the amount of sweat, sweaty palms that were on that thing. My older brother, he went out and he bought a arcade cabinet. He wanted to completely redo it, right? And opened mm. it up, and there was the old Atari uh, components inside of it. So he was oh, able. Oh no to, way! Yeah, he was able to sell that, recoup the cost of the cabinet, and then he just shoved one of those computers in there. Have you heard about like the Raspberry Pi? Totally. Yeah, yeah. I used to yeah. own one. Oh, nice. Yeah. So he's. Yeah, but it, it wasn't very good. It barely worked, actually. Oh, damn. His is working all right right now, but uh, yeah, you yeah, I hear the new ones are pretty arcade. decent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, well, this definitely took like a left turn from what we thought we were going to talk about. <laughs> I'm easily distracted. We, Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we we got to shout out somebody. We got to shout out um, Mr. Ken, aka Scarborough dude. Scarborough um, we dude. both had yeah, the dude. The dude has um, he you know like we both had different inner inner actions with him 
Uh, I was very lucky enough to be to interview him for Pod Life, and like I say that like it's some huge honor. It's not like the the dude is just a dude, but because for me I put him on a little bit of a pedestal because he's one of the very first Canadian podcasters and probably one of the first hundred actual podcasters, which blows me away. Well, and he has like 700 episodes, which I've never yeah. seen on anything else. It's amazing. That's yeah. an impressive like Just catalog. Rogan. Like, yeah. just Rogan. And not, Rogan not has to do our... it five times a week. Yeah, exactly, right? So this is weekly, 700, like, oh, let me see if we can do some math here. So I, th- I think last time I checked in on him, he had something along the lines of 750 podcasts. So let's see, 750 podcasts. Divided by fifty-two weeks in a year—that's fourteen years of doing it. Like that, fourteen years of releasing a podcast. Once we're we're at four years, I guess technically right now. So I couldn't even imagine another ten years on top of that. I I, I mean, and the force, I love like, his do style. It, like, like it's so different from anything else that I'm listening to. Like I'm trying to bounce around <laughs> and get used to all the different genres and stuff. I've never heard anybody, you know a couple of times a week doing 15 minute recordings in different locations, putting it all together and intersplicing music. Like that's yeah. pretty wild. I, I, I like the format. I mean, it's definitely different. And then also he, um, he's got one of those great voices, you know, the like a perfect voice and face for podcasting. Hmm. And it just, it, you know, the, um, he was a English teacher but more, I guess, more specifically, English as a second language teacher, which is, you know, one of those things. And the way he speaks, there's no mixed words. There's no mumbling. It's, it's, it's clean. It's, it's very pronounced. It's fantastic. I love, the, I love the presentation of what he talks about, too. Yeah. Oh, and like when he starts getting frustrated and just spirals out into madness. That's even <laughs> articulate. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So for people who are curious, uh, Scarborough, you can punch in Scarborough dude into any podcatcher and it'll pop up. But more, more specifically, do Dixon Jane podcast all one word, Dixon Jane's podcast, and you can find him there. And if you're curious, he has this. I find it really oddly enjoyable, like guilty pleasure, like enjoyable. His YouTube channel, it's it's easy to remember, Scarborough Dude, and he does the basement, what do you call it, like basement bar and museum, or basement bar museum, where he, he pulls out these artifacts that he's collected over years, over, he's, I think he's 70, so over like 70 years of his life, um, traveling the world, Japan and the Yukon and all these different places, and he's selling off all these little trinkets and I, I, one of the episodes, he has this hash knife. Oh, nice. And it's, it's just like, he's like, I've smoked a ton of hash, and this knife has cut almost all those pieces of hash. And it's like, it, that A, crazy story. But the knife is, I think he said he bought it in Japan, but this, uh, on his first trip to Japan or something along that line. But the, the knife is like uniquely shaped. It ha- it's like beautifully done. I'm like, this is... And I think, I think initially, he said all prices are negotiable. But I think he wants to sell this knife for $50. And like, I'm not crazy enough to spend $50 on a pocket knife. But it's like, it's not, it's not just a pocket knife. And it's not just like a hash cutting knife. 
but it's Scarborough dude's knife that he's had for whatever 20, 30, 40 years. You know, like the 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 lineage on it is is incredible. So what a I think unique that's so idea because cool. people go out and buy antiques all the time, and you might hear a story the first time, and that's been retold ten or fifteen times. But like if you go and you watch the YouTube channel, you always are going to have that story from the original owner of like this lifetime, this object has enjoyed there. Yeah. He gives you the background of it, what it means to him, um, what he bought it for. Like I, I think episode one or two is a spoon and he's like, this is a spoon. I bought it for 20 cents. And I bought it at Honest Ed's, and I've had it for fifty years. And like it's it's come like whenever time I go camping, it's my camping spoon. And and he's like, I'm looking to get maybe like fifteen dollars for this. I'm like, whoa, okay, Ken, ease ease up, dude. That spoon has That's appreciated a over time, man. <laughs> Gold hasn't even gone and, up that much. <laughs> I just think it, I think it's. I, I love the storytelling and that's what's hooking me. And that's, that's probably one of the reasons why I like professional wrestling. Like, uh, like there's a storytelling that I'm just infatuated with. And, you know, I, I didn't have that. I didn't have that, um, senior citizen figure growing up. Um, that's like my, my grandmother was always around, but she didn't really speak great English. So, or English in general. Um, so for me, it was always kind of like, you know, it's one of those things that I missed from my, my childhood. And I think I, t- I told this to Scarbo dude during the podcast, but he really, he reminds me of my father-in-law. I have this incredible relationship with my father-in-law and I love hearing his stories. Even if I've heard him twice, I love hearing the stories because of the way he presents stories. Like even today, I've known my father-in-law as long as I've known my wife. Um, so like 10 years, but he told me today that he flunked out of, uh, seventh eighth and ninth grade like the first year but i've always held him in high regards as a very smart intelligent dude um so to hear this i was like what i was actually like taken back i was like you were like the the pretty girl that you see in a room and then you get closer and you realize like she's (laughs) cross-eyed or something you know it's it's like you threw me for a loop I, i always held him in this like high regard as being like this very intelligent smart um like good thinker and like the fact he told me that I was like <laughs> blown away, but just again, too smart it's just the point. Yeah, exactly. He's just smarter than his teacher and his teacher flunked him all those times. Easily the answer. But what, what, what my point is like, I, I enjoy and appreciate that storytelling that Scarborough dude and my father-in-law share this quality of, of great storytelling. So, um, if you, if you want to support Scarborough dude, uh, listeners, if you want to support him, Definitely check out the Dixon Jane podcast or Scarborough Dude on YouTube. So he he was so impressed because I I was thankful for this. This is one of my proud uh, like pop father uh, moment when Scarborough Dude was talking about Tim and the Midnight Owl and um, the uh, the Stoned Ape Theory. He listened to that podcast. He thought that was me. I felt very honored to you know. Think that he thought it was me, and uh, was so impressed with the the great work that Tim puts into the Midnight Owl. So he actually shouted out the Midnight Owl, which was like pretty awesome. I don't want to take too much steam away from you, Tim, but did that blow your socks off? Oh, absolutely! It meant a lot just to get a little bit of recognition. And he, you know, he reached out an email afterwards about a different episode and talked about me on his show. So 
You know, it it really felt like I'm I'm doing something okay if uh you know, I'm not annoying somebody with that much of a you know, on his fucking podding podcasting resume. You know what I mean? Like yeah, if totally. I'm not annoying, all right, I can keep going and growing from here. <laughs> yeah, so I mean and and he he just he's not going he's not going to sugarcoat anything. He's going to tell you the way it is. You know, those are all very admirable qualities. So I, I definitely, I suggest, listen, if you want something different, it's not everybody's cup of tea. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I don't want this to come off the way it's going to sound, but like you're, you're definitely listening to a guy, like an older guy who is like, I don't know, white, white privilege isn't the right word, but like, you know, didn't have, I mean, his wife's Japanese, I guess he, he got, he got something, but like, it's not, it's, I don't want to, I don't want it to come off like white privilege but yeah. you're definitely dealing with somebody who uh didn't maybe have the diverse i don't know if the diversity i don't know what i'm exactly i'm trying to say but it's a different point of view from you know two guys in their 30s who are bitching about that compared to a guy who's in the 70s who's seen some shit who's done some shit it's a definitely different point of view and he's not your grandfather right so if you don't if you don't want to hear what he's saying you could just turn him off but yeah more often than not it's like he's looking back on his life and like what a life led like talking about living in Japan and going over to China and like he's seen the world and seen the world at different times. It's pretty damn and amazing. It's not even like he was doing that. He wasn't even doing that in the two thousands when it was like cool to like be in Tokyo. He was doing that in the seventies, like, like far before, you know, like the seventies were definitely a different time. So, well, and I don't want to just, attach too much of myself to him, but like hearing him talk, he talks about a lot of the same things that I do. Like, you know, find your tribe, go around, you know, like smoke some hash, have fun. And it's like, oh shit, like that's what I'm doing. I'm going around, I'm finding yeah. good people that I can bring into my life and have these adventures with. And like, he's done that. That's where this all yeah, stems totally. from is like the streets of Montreal in the 60s and 70s, having a good time and traveling across Canada and just doing stuff. Like, I am, yeah, somebody to look up to, definitely, if you have a creative desire. Just listen to him. Go out and do stuff. Yes, and and a legit hippie, not one of these fake hippies. And on top of that, to add a plus one to everything, he is a, he's, he, he is not a yes man. He is, he is not, he's not someone who buys into the system. He's not a company man. He is a legit hippie, a real rebel. Like anytime, like, you know, he's always fighting the man and, and you get that, that gets translated in his podcast and there's that too. So, well, and, uh, not to keep the train, I guess this whole episode so far has been like shout outs and looking backwards, but, uh, (laughs) something came up. That's an out of 30 podcast, man. (laughs) Hell yeah. Uh, in my Instagram, uh, the podcasting awards, the uh, pod camp, that's coming up in what, like a month or two now? Um, yeah, I guess um, during February, two months, probably two months, yeah. Two months. I am so pumped for this. Last year was yeah, such me a too. good time. I think I might yeah, go you for know, like an Airbnb this time, see if I can get like a place close enough and then I can just party on my own. Yeah, it. I. I think it's gonna be a lot. I'm knowing what I know now. I'm. I'm definitely gonna approach this upcoming year different. I. I. You know, we're. We're hoping to. You know, like, um, for those people out there listening, if you're, if you want to help support the podcast, Tim's podcast, The Midnight Owl, 
uh, the Not For 30 podcast, and, uh, and of course, Aaron Chalupa and the Awkward Throat Clear. Any of those things, you can nominate us right now at the CanadianPodcastAwards.com. Uh, sign up, log in. It only needs two, two requirements. A, that you're Canadian, and B, you're, you like podcasts or you listen to podcasts or you're a podcaster. Um, that, those are the only two requirements. Sign up. Please nominate us. I think we're in the category of personal series. Uh, I think that's that's and then uh, lifestyle and leisure or something like that. No lifestyle and culture or something like that. Those are the two categories we're in. Tim, I don't know what what category would you be in? Best host? Uh, yeah, I don't know if I even qualify this year, man. I took a big yeah. break. I'm still growing and learning. Uh, I I don't think I've applied for anything. Do you have to sign yourself up for that? I, you know what? Last year, we just got nominated out of the sky. Yeah. This year, I took it upon myself to be like, okay, this is a category we want to be in. Can we get votes for it? So um, this year, but also too, I'm, I'm also hoping other people nominate us as well. So I want to rally behind the uh, NA30 this year and just grow my show to the point that next year, like I've really earned it. So folks All right, man. out well, there, Nana Nation, give a hoot. Make yes. a hoot. Give a hoot. You know what? I, I can't wait for that to be a shirt. Yeah, I mean, if, if we can't, if we can repeat, that'd be awesome. If not, of course, last year was such a thrill. And uh, was, let's see what, what happens. And my goal this year is to try to attend a little bit more of uh, PodCamp itself. Last year, I, we just went to the award show. And then we tried to do something on Sunday. And then our car, our car got hit by a drunk driver. It was yeah. a day. It was a day. Anyways, um, yeah, man. Listen, we're 26 into this one, 27 minutes into this podcast already. Who knows how long I rambled on the intro. Um, what, what were we supposed to talk about, Tim? I forget now. We were going to talk about a little bit of holiday tradition. This year, I'm trying to get mm. back into the Christmas spirit. For a couple of years, I've been Grinch and kind of down on Christmas in general. So I kind of want to know mm-hmm. what... Like I want to know what your favorite Christmas movie is. What what as a kid do you remember Ooh. any of your Christmas toys? Like what are you doing for your girls okay. now? Okay, let let's go back and forth. Okay, let so do you have a favorite Christmas movie? Oh, it's got to be Hold on, hold on. Time out. Time out, time out. Before you even answer that, let's let's scratch the surface. First and foremost, you are now on you are on Team Santa Claus, Team Pro Christmas, or are you grinching still? And and what was a flip? Okay, so uh, this year, I, I've been away for so many years. Now I'm back. I'm living here. And my mom loves Christmas. And I just saw how, like, not sad or upset she was last year, but just let down and disappointed because I just wanted nothing to do with it. So I just got in the mentality of, like, fuck it. I'm going to enjoy it this time. I gotta put mm-hmm. so much energy into it. It's gonna be fun. So hopefully that works right. out. Yeah, hey, right. Anything okay. fun if you just put your mind to it and grind, right? Exactly. Isn't that isn't that our story? <laughs> um, for me, for me. So working retail sucks when you're dealing with the public. Not that the public sucks, but the public you're does with a, suck. A higher volume. <laughs> Not that the public sucks, but the public sucks. Um, so. That definitely takes a lot out of it, out of you because, you know, the the reason why I'm projecting Christmas at work um, isn't isn't necessarily the same reason I'm projecting it at home. At home, especially this year, I I might be out. 
I, I, okay, let me start by this. I'm team Grinch through and through. Not a huge fan of Christmas because of the, the working in, working with the public, working in, you know, the uh, customer service industry. Yeah. But, um, so that, that sucks. But, I mean, I listen to Christmas carols for 10 hours a day at, at work because that's what we play. Because oh, subconsciously, no. when people hear Christmas music, they think of all the people they have to buy for and they spend more money. You know, like, that's a thing. Like, that, that, that's not like a, um, my salon thing. That is a thing. Um, so I thought tips would Christmas go down cares. if, like, you're constantly, while you're getting your hair cut, thinking about, like, how much money you have to spend on Christmas. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I got to cut back here, man. Sorry. I'm giving yeah. you five yeah, percent you know, instead of ten. There you go. Yeah. Um, so like, so that's a little bit of a kick in the pants. Like you just it ruins the fun of Christmas. But on that note, and that being said, for those who are playing the non after thirty drinking game, that that being said, have a drink. <laughs> um. Uh, you know, like having my girls and how much they're how much they're kind of adapting into. Christmas and they they recognize things, you know. They say Santa. They they, they know what a wrapped present means. Um, that gets me very excited because I, I like seeing them. Just, like I love it when my kids get so excited they don't know what to do. They kind of like yell and flare their arms and jump at the same time sticking a leg out at the same time turning. Like it's just like they're just like so excited. That's amazing. And that excitement is so contagious, right? So and it's like it's it's just beautiful because you also you, you see in your you see, in your kids you see yourself. So it's almost like you're seeing that your like your mini me be so happy that you they just can't contain their 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 set themselves that uh, that makes you you happy too. So um, you, I kind of see the excitement that happens there, and I love like I got a big family, even like like extended family, my wife's family. Like, I love like there's there's no you know hard feelings there. There's no like. Uh, animosity or, or upset. So when I see these people, these are people I love that I want to spend time with anyways, and I get to spend time with them. Plus, we're going to eat a ton of great food. Plus, you know, daddy might get a couple drinks in them. Plus, plus, plus. You know, it's, it's usually a win. So. All right. Do you have a favorite Christmas drink or a favorite Christmas meal? Oh, or like or dish uh, at the meal? No. Both answers, no. What I, uh, what I like to do is... Eggnog and rum? Come family. on. You know what? I don't get it. Oh, so they, good. Have you tried eggnog and Kahlua? No, but I will. Think about it. So in, in my family, I'm bartender. So a couple years ago, I started doing uh, like a signature drink for the for the event. And um, I, I was doing one that we learned about when we went to, uh, what was it? I think it was Jamaica. It's cream rum uh, blended with ice. kind of tastes like an ice cap. So you do that, you rim the glass with a little nutmeg, cinnamon, and brown sugar, um, and then maybe a little bit of Cool Whip or whipped cream on top. Oh, that was girl, like a Christmas you're fancy. Drink, so. I like it. Oh, yo, bitch, I've been this since day one. Oh, I'm just basic over Yeah, here. so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, there's a few things that I like basic, and uh, drinking is definitely not one of them, so. Um, yeah, so, so back- I don't have a holiday drink of here. Oh, sorry, man. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just going to suggest another holiday drink that we used to make was uh, getting out a crock pot and uh-huh. dump a bottle of uh, Fireball whiskey in there with hot apple oh. cider, with uh, apple cider and then a couple yeah, of cinnamon apple sticks. Jacks. Oh, so good. Yeah. Um, I, I, that's so funny that you said that because I was just about to say the same, basically the same thing. 
like anything kind of cinnamon, like uh, like Fireball, for example, or uh, Jack Daniels has one too. But mm-hmm. any of those are, are great for the holidays. Um, like so, there's um, all this talk now about nitro coffee, and I was watching on YouTube that a way you can do it at home is you just essentially brew your own coffee. You put it in one of those whipped cream uh, CO two yeah, yeah. canisters, and that's basically infusing your coffee with nitro. So I was thinking, I said, like, what if we had like nitro infused booze that just got into your blood system quicker, causing you to be intoxicated quick, uh, yeah, inebriated quicker. I'm down. I gotta follow you down this dark road. Way? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Anyways, to answer your question, no, I don't have a holiday. Dr- I, 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 um, a ret- returning. I like to try something new every year, and I'm all, I'm I'm in for anything as long as it's not vodka because vodka's for bitches. Um. As long as it's not vodka, I'm okay. So, do you have a holiday drink? Uh, just that uh, hot apple cider one for me, man. Yeah, that and winner. Christmas like morning that. coffee and Bailey's. It makes me really happy. Yes, I just love it. Yes. Now, what about what like kind you of sit- ratio? Sorry, <laughs> I'm saying like you're sitting down to the Christmas meal. You got all your family around you. What's that one dish you want to see show up in front of you? Yeah, you know what? I don't. I, I don't have that. We're not like my family's not like a dish family. Like my mom's always cooking something crazy and not crazy, but different. Both my parents are vegans now, but um, like she's always doing something. She doesn't really have staples, you know. Like, ah. like there's no. We don't have like pork chop night or anything like that. Um, she's always kind of like evolves her way of of cooking and and. I guess, yeah, cooking probably the best way to phrase it, but so it always kind of changes. But, you know, lamb's, like, really popular with Italians. Uh, fish, a lot of fish, too. But uh, I, I'd probably say lamb might be the closest thing just because it's, like, one of the few times in the year that I would eat lamb. Nice. Yeah, for us, we're That's what, like, we're staples. Like, there's got to be certain dishes showing up on that Christmas table. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, like we get, there's got to be turkey. Oh yeah, turkey. But like Brussels sprouts with the bacon in it, or uh, scalloped potatoes. Mama make a pecan pie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. See that that uh, one thing like um, for Italians, like we don't do like we don't do pies or cakes. With it. We do like a lot of like coffee cookies, like biscotti and uh, like an almond cookie, that kind of stuff. Um, even like a little bit of shortbread sometimes. So it's, it's not really like uh, real desserts. Like one thing when, when I married my wife, uh, her family, like, like pie and, and dessert is like, I don't know, not dessert, but like pie, more introducing to pie and cake and that kind of stuff. And it's like, this is like a way better dessert than just like a cookie or two with some espresso that's way too bitter to drink. Like this is, I like this pie idea. So I do, I do enjoy the one thing about staples. You can always look forward to having something like that. Where with my mom, it's like, I'm going to show up and I'm just going to hope it's something I like. So we're going to go with that. Hey, that's not a bad way to roll either. My family's so yeah. white. Like we make uh, the apple salad. It's just like cubed up apples, uh, those green onions and mayonnaise. What? Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. Sorry, what was that? Cubed- apples, onions, and, and mayonnaise. And, and mayo. I, I had this argument what? with my mom last night. Like She's like, oh, grab the salad dressing. I'm like, salad dressing? I go reaching for the Caesar. She's like, no, 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 the salad dressing. And she's pointing at the fucking mayo. I'm like, what? And she's oh. like, well, re- read the label. It's whipped dressing. I'm like, all right, man. I'm going to follow you down this yeah. dark road. <laughs> you know what? It's You just got to go with it. You'd be like, mama hoot, you're right. You're right. Okay, I'm just going to – 
uh, fine. I'm not going to argue. I love you. Let's just get on with our meal. <laughs> if anyone out there yeah, in Nana never... Nation tries apple salad, let me know because it is amazing. I'm going to ask my wife. I'm going to, I, maybe she might have had that before. I, I've never, I've never even heard of that. That, that freaks me out a little bit. Oh. The only thing that I never want to see come out is that uh, fruit salad in the Jello. That thing wigs me oh. out. It looks like a monster, man. Yeah, that's your tribe, not mine. We, I just, you know, my wife and I just started eating Jello as like a, a snack, as opposed to like something crazy, like a tub of ice cream, like I usually eat. Um, so, uh, just recently, I've been introduced to the world of Jello, and uh, so. I, yeah, that's your tribe, not mine. <laughs> Jello wigs me out, man. I can't get past the texture of it. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Or when Jello gets that like weird skin over top of it. Oh god! Like, it's probably been sitting for a little too long. Yeah, it's made of Anyways. animal bones. Okay, <laughs> mm. um, Tim, do you have a favorite Christmas movie? Uh, go to is always Die Hard. That is the best Christmas movie. Yeah. Uh, so I, so I guess you side with Die Hard is a Christmas movie absolutely. category of people who believe it happens at I mean, a Christmas hit, party. Yes. It hits all the right notes for Christmas, but do, but do you think they're like, I got this crazy idea for a Christmas movie guys. Like I, I feel like it's, if you say an action movie more. can't be a Christmas movie, that means home alone isn't a Christmas movie. Okay, first of all, that that's holy land. Watch what you say. Mind your p's and q's. Um, I'm I'm not saying that's not. I'm saying, do you think it was premeditated that like in 1982, Mel Gibson and Danny Glover were like, let's start in a movie where it's secretly a Christmas movie, but also an action thriller. Oh, you're thinking Lethal Weapon. Uh Oh, my bad. No, my bad. that yeah, was also know, a right. Christmas you're right. You're right. movie because right. I I guess that kind it counts because. They had Christmas decorations up. You know what? Yeah, the yeah, mandatory thing is like you could sell me on that—that that it was like secretly yeah. a Christmas movie. It's yeah, I'm right there with you, man. Yeah, that was, actually that that was a Freudian slip on my behalf because I totally met. I totally thought Mel Gibson and and Bruce Willis were the same person there for a minute. Yeah, just I one's guess, got a wig I guess on. edibles finally kicking in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Danny Glover is doing whiteface. Um, <laughs> that was one of the best episodes sorry. of It's Always Sunny. <laughs> I haven't seen that actually. I haven't seen, is that like the new season? Uh, I think it was a couple years back. They uh, decided to do okay. a Lethal Weapon remake. And so oh. one guy was in blackface, the other guy was in whiteface. And then like halfway through the, uh, the filming, they switched roles. <laughs> oh, God, it was fantastic. <laughs> It's always sunny is great, but I checked out at season seven. So at one point, whatever streaming service it's on now, I want to go back and I, I want to start up again from uh, season seven. Uh, did you get to the point where Mac got fat? Yeah, I, so that yeah, that, I think that's season seven. Okay, I think I'm a little bit further behind on that. Okay, yeah, that was pretty funny, and I gotta imagine he did it in real life, right? Like he actually got fat because oh yeah, if not, it was really really. He did, right? Yeah. He just thought okay. it would be funny, so like one year he got just super fat, just kept eating. <laughs> I love it. I wish someone could uh, pay okay. me to do that. <laughs> uh, favorite Christmas movie? I thought long and hard about this because I I really didn't I didn't have one. I was going to say 
Miracle on 34th, just because I remember it as a kid. That's cool. Um, yeah, it, it's a classic. I get it. But I, th- I think when I go to it, um, it really, for me, has to be Home Alone. The first one. I'll take the second one, too. And I heard that they made other ones after that, but I don't, I'm not too sure. Not to spe- steal but Home the Alone uh, one and two. sports talk, but uh, hot take. Home Alone 2 was yeah. better. Lost in New York. Well, okay. Let's deep dive for a second here. First and foremost, Tim, you have Netflix, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Have you heard of the TV show, The Toys That Made Us? Yes, I've heard about it. I haven't uh, checked it out too much yet. Okay. It is a, a comedy documentary about the history of toys. I love it because I love, I love those crazy stories of everything. But the same creators have made the movies that make us. And turns sound effects here. Oh. Now, episode two is Home Alone. And I didn't know any of the things that I learned on the, about Home Alone 1. I didn't know. I just figured Macaulay Culkin was a star because he was a star. Yeah. But I didn't realize he had only had one cam, like one small role in Uncle Buck. I didn't know that. He was so young. So what they yeah, go on you would have figured like if he was a child star, he would have been in a couple of things at that point. Fuck, he was good in Uncle exactly, Buck, too. Right? Yeah, right? I, that Uncle Buck, that's a movie I haven't seen in like a decade. I need to watch it again. Making the but Home Alone for me... The snow shovel? Fuck yeah. Yeah, right? So, I, and the giant steak? Remember the giant steak? Oh, yes. Fucking when he gets yeah, his son. But, yes. Sorry, I get distracted here. <laughs> yeah. I, I, need, I need to watch that movie again. Okay, so Home Alone. Um, like, it's it was started, started off as a Warner Brothers movie. Then they pulled the plug on it. Daniel Stern quit. Like, there's all these crazy things that happened. Joe Pesci couldn't read the dialogue because there was no swears in it. Like, it's all these crazy stories of how this movie wasn't going to work. And then, um, oh, my God, I can't read his name. Uh, Hughes. John Hughes. Yeah, yeah. John Hughes is, like, talking to his buddy who's, like, the VP at, at Fox. And then all of a sudden he sells them this movie right as Warner Brothers is shutting down the movie. So they keep production rolling. It's just like, it's a crazy, they, they said they can make the movie for $10 million in like 1989 or whatever it was. And in 1989, um, or it ended up costing like just under $15 million. And Warner Brother, Brothers shot them down because the movie was going to cost almost $15 million. Where the average cost of most big movies was $20 million at that time. And like something like I can't remember, oh, maybe it was Star Wars or that had come out or something like that. And that budget was at like sixty-seven, six, sixty or seventy million dollars. So, oh, so they figured it wasn't what, enough I, money being put into it that it would turn around and make it back. Exactly. So they end up shutting it down, thinking that. What a now, weird what do you way think of think. it? If you're a numbers guy. Yeah. But you, yeah, right. But I mean, now knowing, but like think like what if you're looking at just the numbers. They were supposed to make this move for $10 million. They ended up going almost $15 million. Almost 50% of what their budget was, they went over. Yeah. So if you saw just the numbers, you're like, well, this doesn't make any sense for us to do this. They've already they spent you know, like more money than we, we This production must be this. a mess. Like They're just trying to get a bailout. Yeah, exactly. It's probably garbage. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. You know, but whatever. He sells it. This movie ends up making like $260 million in the box office. And there had only been three movies before that. It was, I think it was like Rocky and Star Wars or something, something along the line. It was Star Wars for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. It was, it was Star Wars and E.T. were the only two movies that like 
that had made that much money at that point in time. Now it's like every movie makes that, but um, $200 million. I think that was just U.S. screens as well. It was like such a crazy thing, but... That's amazing. Um, yeah, you got to watch this episode two. Episode one is Dirty Dancing, and I've never watched that movie, and now I know more about that movie than I ever thought I'd know. Nobody puts so baby in a corner. Skip. Yeah, yeah, that whole fucking quote wasn't even... I'd never even seen the scene, but <laughs> actually I thought No One Puts Baby in the Corner was actually from Flashdance. I didn't even know it was from Dirty Dancing. <laughs> and in that scene, she's not even in a corner. Nope. It, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, things I learned. I, uh... Yeah. I had the talk boy. That was one of my first Christmas presents that I remember from uh, Home Alone. No way, Home Alone Two. Home Alone Two. Yeah, I think it like it's yeah. buried in with uh, like oh, in our storage. Right I now. wanted that so bad as a kid. I remember seeing that in Home Alone Two. Be like that would be amazing. Oh, it's got so many uses. Like <laughs> <laughs> you can record and play back. <laughs> amazing. Maybe that set us yeah. on the path to sitting right here. It's the talk boy of all oh, things. It's come full circle. Okay, so yeah, so Home Alone 1, uh, you know, I'll take number two. I, again, it's, I like Home Alone 1 because it's the original, and then when you hear this backstory, you love the movie more, and then you find out they made like $280 million. And then all of a sudden, you know, Home Alone 2, which wasn't a success compared to Home Alone 1, but if you're saying it's better, they probably had the money, that's why. It would... I don't know why I find it better. It was just so much funner to see him going through New York. The pigeon lady was scary as hell. Uh, oh, true, true. Who was yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the manager? I always forget his name. He recently passed. Tim Curry. Yes. Tim Curry. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Tim With Curry. a crazy, crazy Grinch-like smile. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, yeah, he was the perfect foil. I loved it. Yeah, it was, it was. I mean, that whole scene with the, like, get on your knees and tell me you love me. <laughs> I love you. Yeah, I love you, sir. <laughs> and he's like, he's waving at Rob Rob Schneider to like <laughs> to project his voice more. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I forget you Rob Schneider was in that. Oh, a very very young and Donald Trump has a cameo. Oh yes. Yeah. Holy crap! Yeah. But uh, that's when that's when people actually like Donald Trump. Yep. Oh, I guess people still do. Anyways, yeah. let's not get into that. That's what other Christmas brain busters do you have for me? All right, so looking back, you think about like when you were a kid growing up, presents. Is there a toy or like one Christmas mm. that just stands out above everything else? Totally. Okay, I got the tiebreaker for number one, and I'll, I'll tell them both quickly, and you tell me, you argue me why there, there can't be a tie. First and foremost, it was the... Winter, I remember there's fresh snow on the ground. Winter of 1992, and your boy got a Sega freaking Genesis. Oh, damn. And I was so amped. I remember, I, I didn't even know how to plug into a TV. All I knew that it needed power for sure. I remember tearing open that box. My parents played me like a fool. They, they, I had unwrapped all my presents. I couldn't find it. I couldn't find the Sega Genesis. And my mom's like, oh, I guess that's it. And then they had it hit under the table. Oh, that's cool, And then as, man. I, as I'm walking head down, the sad Snoopy song playing in the background, my dad's like, oh, what's this by my foot under the table here? 
And it just, it was a box. It could have been in that box. I remember like slow motion jumping over my brother, like strong arming my sister, <laughs> like barreling over the couch, tear the box open all in slow motion. The black box sunk the hedgehog on the, on the front. Oh baby, I got it. That, that's up there, right? Oh, it has to be. So yeah, actually that might've been 91. That's just like the I'm, scene in a Christmas story where he gets the gun after everything. <laughs> yeah it was like it just it was just a it was a perfect like they played it perfectly you know and i i remember i remember i remember trying to plug it in so anyways whatever that's amazing okay so so that so that was either 90 91 i know it wasn't 92 for sure because 93 the blue jays had one i as i told you i'm a huge hockey baseball guy um the jays had just won the world series a couple months earlier the 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 town everyone is still buzzing about it. This the name now starting to make me think that's ninety three. Okay, let's say ninety three. Okay. But I open up. I have a Roberto Alomar jersey, third jersey. That's a gray one for those who don't know. Roberto Alomar, my wow. all time favorite player on the back. Over the moon. I tear open the next one, and it's a Charlie Bleef jersey. Doug Gilmore on the back. The A on the front. Oh, man, I still have both those jerseys. That's how much it meant to me. Take any drink, um, love life uh, pictures with it. <laughs> you know what? You, there, there might be. There might be a milk mustache somewhere <laughs> on my face while I'm wearing that Doug Gilmore jersey as a kid and at 11 or 10, 11 or 12-year-old at the time. Well, Dougie Gilmore. Yeah, so, yeah, so for me, those, those were the, like a childhood... I remember one year I got a Game Gear, but that wasn't as... I, I don't think that was... Uh, I can't remember. Anyways, oh, it sounds like your those parents played you hard, for sure. though. That's amazing, seeing the Genesis after yeah. all of that. Oh, yeah. There was a couple ones, like Christmases and Easters, um, that they went over the top, and it was, like, I mean, iconic in my memory. I think for me, like, the one that stands out above everything else, like, Christmas was always special. Like, I got everything I ever wanted and more. So, like, I tried not to ask for too much, but uh, they surprised me one year, and they've got me the Ghostbusters Fire Hall, like, the standalone oh, playset. Oh, damn. Totally. Yeah, yeah, Oh, my God. Like, it had to have been hip high. And, like, I've got all of the characters. I had the uh, the trap with the ooze, like, like the full-size version, too. That ooze got everywhere. <laughs> oh my god i had so much fun with that thing i had it for years i don't know where it went now i totally remember that i totally remember that too i i think it, i'm pretty sure it's the one that had the, the large um fire fire pole down it right yes yeah i'm pretty sure my brother got the same one yeah, that that that's a sweet one. I think that's where my OCD started because like I was putting the stickers on, and it must have taken me three yeah. days because I was like putting them on as flat as possible, oh, like in all of the lines, double nice. checking the box and everything. Yes, well done. That that's where it started for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I love that thing. Okay, so do you do you have a favorite? Christmas Carol, but not not Christmas Carol, but like Christmas song done by a somewhat modern artist. Oh, uh, I I honestly don't know about that man. I don't. I I'm gonna have to try to find something. Mariah Carey, maybe. Uh, 
you know what? I was I was gonna say the same. I think that's everybody's favorite because it was like such a big hit. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say that too. I was gonna say like guilty pleasure, but that's it. But then also, honorable mention, the Hanukkah song by Adam Sandler. Yes. Oh man, he had, also he had a very cartoon deep. uh a movie made out of that, right? Yeah, twelve crazy twelve crazy nights. That's going on my list of Christmas movies this year. There you go. All right, what? Okay, do, are you a stocking guy? Do you do you, do you stop do you stuff the stocking? I do, and I just want to hit one thing before we go to that. Uh, Anne okay. Marie Christmas. It's mm. Canadian. My mom loves it. Every couple of years, we have to an buy animal. a new CD for it. I'm glad it only lasts <laughs> a month that I have to hear it, but got to give some love to Anne Murray, man. Uh, all right, all right, well done. Stocking. I have a Ninja Turtle stocking that I've had ever since I was a kid. It's got a few holes in it. Uh, Michelangelo. Oh yeah, the crazy, the crazy turtle. Yeah, it's the only uh, only uh, decoration I ever put up. But uh, yeah, I'm a stocking guy. How about you? Nice. Um, so my original stocking stays at my parents' place, um, but uh, more recently I have a obviously a Toronto Maple Leaf one oh. that um, that years ago me and my roommates got, and we all got the same ones, and then we all got our numbers put on it. That's so, awesome. Yeah, it, it was like a definite bro moment, but um, it was kind of funny seeing them like all hung on this like fireplace that we had at our, at our uh, old place and you see them all hung there and people would come over and they'd be like, we'd be like yeah, no, we're, we're cool with it. <laughs> like, we know, we know, we know it kind of looks kind of weird. Yeah. When yeah. do you get to open up your stocking? Um, Cause I hear all different reports on that. Yeah. We are Christmas morning stocking, uh, openers. Oh, we got to wait till the end of the night after like all of the, everything's been cleaned up. Dinner's done. Then we get our stocking. At the on the end of Christmas Day, yeah. <gasps> well, you already got all your presents. So you got stuff to play with. You're fine. You just gotta wait until you get in there. Ah, uh, fair enough. But what, what what kind of goodies are in there? Is it just like uh now the toiletries and mostly toiletries, maybe like a, a Mickey of something. And now that I'm older, I think it might be passive aggressive, but a carton of uh, smokes. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, mom doesn't want to support it, but she knows it's going to happen. Yeah, she 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 rather spend a couple bucks on you than you spend a couple bucks on you. Yeah. It's just, you can see, yeah, like, the oh disappointment man. in her eyes. Like, how many more years am I going to have to do this? <laughs> uh, thanks for the smokes, yeah. Matt. Uh, <laughs> thanks for not getting me those demoyers. <laughs> uh, fucking Palmos? Uh, this is the fucking shizness, <laughs> man. You wicked smat. What the... <laughs> Did you get this one from the reserve? <laughs> well, dude, one day I gotta take you uh, down to the reserve here. It is the land of freedom. It's uh really it's absolutely insane. There's for like you know how small my area is, like Belleville and stuff like that. There's at least thirty different pot shops. You can go and get absolutely any kind of thing that you would want there. It's mind blowing. Yeah, who knew, eh? Yeah, quiet little slice of heaven. There you go. All right, I thought you were going to say the complete opposite, by the way. I thought you were going to be like, we should check this out. You're being blown away. Um, okay, so what other Christmas things can we cover? 
Okay, do you do you have any Christmas traditions? Christmas traditions? Uh we get new pajamas the the night before and then uh Oh, nice. Watch uh Got to look good for Santa. What's that black and white movie? We watch it every year. The uh Oh shit. The guy he's about to commit suicide, the angel saves him. I don't know why I keep forgetting the name of this. Oh, is that Scrooge? Scrooge. Oh, Scrooge, that is my number one uh, Christmas movie with Bill Murray in it. Bill Murray? Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to... Oh, no. He, he, he's a bank owner. He loses everything, and he's on a bridge. He's about to commit suicide. I forget the... Oh, oh it's a wonderful it's life? It's a wonderful life. I'm not going to say that's a good movie. I know there's a big fan base for it. It's so fucking long. <laughs> but then... Yeah. yeah. And now I just try to spend it with the the nieces and nephews. I uh, was thinking about taking them out for a drive through uh, through the town just to see the lights and stuff like that. But I think they're I missed the boat. Yeah, yeah. They're a little too old. Ah. Uh, How about you? Like, what about? Want to take my kids? Go for it. Um, nothing right now. We're we're still trying to figure out for us. Um, like both my wife and I, we like um, between our families getting. The right balance is is tough, but you know we work on it. It's it's not easy, and so we're trying to figure out now what the girls like, what the routine's gonna be. You know, like um, Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, we like uh, we usually go to my we always go to my parents' place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a big tradition there, and I see like I said like I said it before. I see my cousins and aunts and uncles all who you know it's all good. So. Um, that's that's a big tradition that I like and one of the things I look forward to. And then we're still trying to figure out what, what's going to happen in the morning, but definitely opening gifts. Uh, we're, we're a stocking and gift at the same time family. We're, we don't hold off like you weirdos. <laughs> but <laughs> Do you take but, the kids uh, out to yeah, see Santa I, and stuff like that beforehand? Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, the I, man, thank God you're on, you're on, you're on it because I'm not. I'm all over the place, I feel. Um Nothing, nothing yet. But what we do do is we go to see a very specific Santa at uh, a mall close to us. But the last three years we've done Christmas photos with the girls. We've always used the same Santa, so that's kind of cool for continuity. That's awesome. I would never have thought to do so that. Yeah, I, that uh, like over time, that's gonna no. look amazing. The 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 mall by well the mall it's actually we're close to where I grew up but it's called Air Mills Town Center and their Santa is off the chain and every time I go to like go to see them to see him to see them get them done Santa always has like these awesome encouraging words like the first time I met him he said to me he goes huh I bet uh, I handed him my baby she was I don't know like, I guess eight months old at the time and um I you know he he holds her he goes I bet this time last year you were out having Beers with the boys, but not anymore. I'm like, <laughs> you got that right, Santa. And then, um, and then, like, oh, I saw him last year. And he's like, he goes to me, goes, he looks me straight in the eye. All honesty, he's like, wow, you got a beautiful wife, beautiful girls. You're a really lucky guy. I'm like, I am, right, Santa? Thank you. You're my Santa. And then this year, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then this year, um, you know, my my oldest was having a little bit of a hard time. Uh, my youngest would have stayed all day with him, and he goes. Oh, I bet your hands are full. And uh, I said, yeah, you know, like we're, 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 we're figuring it all out. But yeah, it gets kind of crazy. And he's like, oh, yeah, me and Mrs. Claus over there, we had five kids, four boys and a girl. And I'm like, oh, wow. And he's like, 
Yeah, he's like, but you know what? Watching them grow grow up will be the most rewarding thing you do in your life. And I was like, fuck, Santa, you got me again. You fucking got me again, Santa. What the fuck is this high-end like, Santa? Just like, I just want to go and like have him tell me <laughs> nice things now. Right? He, he's just, you know, he's one of those guys, you know this job, he likes this job. I mean, the gig, I, I got a friend, I got a neighbor who, oh, excuse me, I got a neighbor who does that. And it's good, it's good coin to do it. Um, so I'm sure he appreciates a coin, but he, he loves this role as Santa. Like he's just, he's in, he's all in, he's invested in the whole, the whole gig, like his beard's real. Yeah. He's just, he's just in it to win it. I can, he's a real Santa. I feel my heart growing a little bit. I'm starting to get a little bit more in the Christmas Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You know, on that note, Jim Carrey recently tweeted, Hey people, just so you know, the Grinch hated people not christmas how does that make you feel i get it now that i'm older i respect that <laughs> totally right yeah you see the he way was, people the drive gr- like it's just gonna be bumper to bumper fucking traffic for a couple of months no one's gonna be letting people in and out and it's just gonna be chaos honking yeah it's not about christmas it's not about people going to shop to get gifts it's people being assholes to one another yeah exactly that's exactly what christmas is all about this is why Team Grinch is, you know, you can never be disappointed. You know, it's, if you're Team Grinch, if you're the procrastinator, you're never going to be disappointed. I think, I think there's a good argument to say that the real hero is the Grinch. I saw a meme the other day saying, like, the Grinch wouldn't be such an asshole if he didn't have somebody singing what a dick he was constantly. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, yeah, okay, I kind of get it. Yeah, totally. I mean, so what about you your know, little like girls? The look, like, like, they're, they're fairly young, eh? Like, are they going to be able to sit through Rudolph, Frosty the Snowman, the old Grinch? Or is that stuff, like, finally too old for kids to sit yeah. and watch? Um, no, you know, I, 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 think it, I, can, I think it can work. Um, my girls don't, don't have that in them yet to sit through a whole movie. But what they do kind of do is they turn you, the parent or the, uh, let's say, guardian... They turn you into their furniture, so they'll like hang off you, or they'll sit on you, or whatever. Um, and you know, for the most part, it's amazing to like hold this like little person who's using you for like warmth and comfort. But um, yeah, they tur- they, they they'll, they'll like sit on you, they'll swing off you, and then they walk away. So you're stuck watching this movie because they kind of loop around and they catch you every two or three minutes, so that. You, you can't turn the movie off because you're watching it, but they're also not watching it, and they're also all over the place. So you keep it on because, like, every every couple t- laps they do in front of the TV, they stop for a second and, like, watch it for two or three minutes. So then you just get invested. So you just end up watching the movie yourself. Oh, uh, broke my heart. My, my niece and nephew, like, once they were old enough to kind of, like, sit through it, they were just like, mm, it looks old. Why does it look like this? I'm like, because it's claymation. It's awesome. They played yeah. with all this stuff and did it. I'm like, no, it looks stupid. Broke yeah. my heart. Why did they have CGI? <laughs> Broke my heart. Oh. Um, okay, so wh- is there anything, other than people acting like jerks, is there anything about Christmas that you don't like? Uh... Some of the family obligations, like I, I'm not overly close with certain parts of my family, and there's a lot of pressure to go out and be with family at this time. 
So like, I just, right. I don't, I don't play that. Like I will be with the people that I like and that like me. Everything else is, I'm not going to make any effort towards that. Fair enough. That's tough. Yeah. It gets a little bit lonely and stuff like that sometimes, but, uh, eh, stick to my guns because I'm stubborn team Grinch. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Grinch all the way. How about you? Anything that you just do not like about this uh, this season? You know what? Unfortunately, it is what it is. But it, it it's only work related. Like it's our busiest time of the year. Work is always it's it's. I mean, for not to toot my own horn, but I'm busy all the time. I'm lucky enough to have a great clientele. Yeah. But then, it it magnifies because those once or twice a year clients are also trying to get in. So. It, the the biggest thing for me is is work related. It's just like it's too crazy. I'm I'm usually exhausted by the end of it any day, and then on top of that, I have to be on because I'm watching two kids, and then we're also at this family event, and I can't act like a jerk. So yeah, yeah, it works all I got. Yeah, that's fair enough. Like hey, there's like you said, there's worse problems to have, but it just it sucks that it zaps your fun a little bit just because of how yeah. encompassing it becomes. Do you have any Christmas miracle stories? I don't think I do. How about you? I can only think of one because I just thought of it like 10 seconds ago. Um, (laughs) I remember like Christmas morning, my dad and I got into like old Mazda 323. And he's like, we just got to go to the store, get this. They're in the store open in town. So we go to like, I must have been a robber. We grab like milk or something. And I was like, man, the only thing I wish is if we had snow. And, like, on cue, like, the flurry start. Like, it's so, it was, it's, 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 it's not a huge miracle. It's just, like, a little miracle. You know what? That little snow on Christmas, you wished it into existence. I'll take that as a Christmas miracle. Yeah, you know, I, I'll take a little, yeah, fine, you know, you're right. Yeah, I will also take it as a Christmas miracle. By golly, it's a miracle. Oh. Well, it's been awesome recording with you, buddy, but I uh, I think i got to yeah. get going. Yeah, I think I jumped the shark card on that one, too. Nah, we nailed it. Yeah, you know what? Uh, should we just should we just end it here? Yeah. It's a little abrupt, know. but uh, I hope everybody is having an amazing Christmas uh, time. At the top of the episode, we talked about that charity. And, uh, yeah, give what you can if you can, if you can't. We understand. Yeah, it's all good. Thank you for downloading, tuning, and checking this out. Hoot hoot. Tim, there it is. All right. Okay.